Hi, Michael, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely no problem at all. I'm really excited about this because, for me, this is a buzzword I've been looking at trying to get on for a while. I wanted to find the right person to really break down this word, and this word is gamification. And I've been led to believe, Michael, that you're the person to help help break down this particular buzzword. You know, I think you're right. I'm definitely one of them. I mean, I have some experience with it, and... Uh... You know, gamification is definitely a fascinating um, industry that, it, you know, that is definitely growing. So I'm excited to talk about it as well. Yeah, no, and I agree. It's something that's growing. But the, the, the reason I want to talk about this, and maybe, maybe, I'm, I'm, being, maybe I'm being a bit harsh straight away, because is this just a, is this just a fad, Michael? Is, is this just something that people are like, oh, we want to do something a bit different at the moment. Gaming's hot right now, so we're going to make some games out of it and we're going to call it work. Is, is that what gamification really is at the moment? I don't think so. I think that, you know, uh, it's in our, our DNA um, to be attracted towards games, you know, and I think that's because games are fun. Games take you out of your um, kind of day to day grind and, and put you in a space where you're very present. Um, you're very interested, you know, in the game and it, uh, you know, it kind of acts as a focal point for your mind. And, and again, it gives you a little bit of an escape from the everyday monotony of life. So I think if you look at the you know, history of human nature and human beings, uh, games have always played a role uh, in our lives, you know? And I mean, whether you're talking about the gamification of a sales team or you're talking about, you know, major league sports, uh, games games are an everyday occurrence. And I think it's just kind of embedded in our culture. Mm, yeah, I, I see that, isn't it? Because I guess right, right from when you're a, a small kid, it's all about play and learning. And then as we grow up, it's just an interesting thing that we're almost... As you start growing up, in terms of education, education, ga- like games as part of work are almost b- brought completely apart, where you're not taught that games is necessarily learning, apart from maybe when you do sport in school. And then suddenly we're getting to a stage now where we're going adults again. They're like, no, actually, work and gaming is completely in- in- uh, intertwined. And it's just a fascinating way of how society is developing at the moment where it almost and in school you they try and split apart gaming and work work is this gaming is that and now we're seeing this convergence of both subjects again in a in a way that people is just absolutely loving right now oh yeah i mean 100 percent. i mean there's definitely depending on the culture that you live in and and the culture that you're you're raised in um i know right we have this thing where you kind of separate fun from work and it's I think today, though, with with the way culture is shifting and changing and transforming, um, you know, people are are engaging in jobs, and you know, starting companies and businesses and working in environments where those two worlds are kind of merging together. I think that's what you're seeing, and I think it's becoming uh, more accepted, you know, to include gamification and, and game playing, uh, you know, in a workforce environment. So um, not only with like work, but also with marketing campaigns. Uh, you know, engagement campaigns, customer loyalty campaigns. So there's a whole uh, bevy of, you know, use cases, you know, for gamification. Mm. Yeah, I think that, that sort of leads me on to quite nicely onto my next point without without even realizing it. And a really nice, nice segue onto on the next point. And it was, I agree that there are so many potential use cases. And one thing that I'm seeing quite a lot in terms of use of game 
use for gamification is within businesses itself. So the idea of businesses encouraging their employees to get involved in more things by including games in everyday work. Now, there are two schools of thought on this that I'm seeing, Michael, in terms of is it actually building really company morale? Is it building... Uh, is it really improving business or is it just a distraction? Is it just a way for pe- employees to just sort of hide away from work? And does it pe- make people less productive? Is that Do you get what I'm trying to ask in that question? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think you're going to see cases of both, you know, just to kind of answer, um, new, you know, with a neutral stance on it. But I, I really would lean more towards that it actually would increase productivity because I think at the end of the day, people like to be engaged. And, you know, a sales job, you know, someone might be really good at it for the first, you know, year, two years. But at some point, if they don't love, if they don't absolutely love what they're doing, um, they're going to lose interest, you know. And yeah. not everybody has the um, the blessings of having a job that they absolutely love every day. So some people still have to go in and still have to work that sales job. And, you know, they have a family to support. So when you add something like gamification to the equation, it, it brings a new energy, a new fresh energy to uh, a job that might have gotten a little bit stale. You know, if, if that is a sales, you know, I know sales is a is a major area where gamification is used. They turn the they turn the process into a game uh, with rewards and points and you know various things that you can do. Um, so with that said, um, I, I do think that it increases productivity. I think it, it engages the uh, employees and and it shows them some type of um, feedback loop you know, that they can pay attention to, uh, to see how their performance is, is transforming or, or um, transgressing. Mm. Yeah, I think it makes sense, actually, because it encourages engagement, it actually you can track, and that competitive element, I guess, as, as, a, as a society and as a people, we like to be competitive. And actually, you know what, especially in certain areas of the business, competition is actually really important especially in terms of sales and even maybe marketing other even customer service like have you got the highest levels of satisfaction scores creating that levels of competition actually does help breed the improvement for the business i love sort of the angle that you went down there that's something i think is something that businesses don't always necessarily think about i think that's why we are seeing more of these businesses adopt gamification on an internal on an internal basis yeah definitely i mean i think that Competition, and you hit the nail on the head with what you were saying. Competition breeds innovation. You know, if Apple was just by itself and didn't have a Samsung, um, there'd be no innovation. You know, there'd be mm. there'd be no no pressure to innovate. I guess. You know, obviously there'd be innovation for the sake of you know innovation because you go down a creative path and it's inevitable. But you know, I think that competition produces pressure, and pressure breeds innovation, and possibly even faster you know innovation. Yeah, no, absolutely, most definitely. I think that innovation is a really important point. And I think it's even important, not in just for those big businesses, but actually how it can transcend down to those small uh, micro businesses and small businesses where two or three employees. I know that we have a we have a game called Backlink to the Future at Talkative. And basically what we do is we have a competition every month of who can get the highest number of uh, domain authority, uh, high domain authority and high relevant backlinks. And for us, it's a great way of actually encouraging all the employees to try and find new ways of getting high quality backlinks which is one of our main metrics so i i make and for us we're having to try new bits of content we're trying new uh ways of communicating new bits of just new ideas to try and stand out a little bit more from 
the other other people in the business, but also in a way that works together as well, because we're all pulling in the same direction, but ultimately competing against each other a little bit in order to improve. And gamification is amazing for that from from that point of view. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, you reminded me, like with the story you were telling um, just now about how you were applying it, it reminded me of kind of the the hackathons in, in the valley, you know, where you have you know groups of coders and hackers trying to uh, complete you know various tasks. Um, you know, to unlock rewards or gain, you know, gain some type of, you know, respect within the community. So I think that's, you guys are kind of shining a light on that, that type of culture as well. And I think we see even today, you know, traditionally, you know, we had sports and you even see with the third, uh, the, the surging energy behind esports and the popularity that you see, um, that industry getting now, I mean, they expect that industry to grow tremendously within the next 5, 10, 15 years. Um, so I think that's, I mean, that's a testament right there that, you know, gamification is real. People uh, love playing games. Uh, there's a culture built around games. And there's and there's, at the end of the day, there's money to be made, mm. you know, around gamification. Yeah. You know, if I told you 20 years ago that we're going to be, you know, filling, filling conference halls to watch people play, you know, against each other in a game of Mortal Kombat, you would have thought I was nuts. Uh, jump ahead 20 25 years later and it's a reality yeah oh absolutely i mean you see especially in like the the asian market the esports community is just absolutely surreal you see the sizes in those arenas you get more people watching these esports on screens than you do actually at like actual physical uh what people would class as traditional sports these days it's just completely completely crazy oh definitely definitely and um and look, at the end of the day, these these large brands, you know, like Campbell's Soup and Target and McDonald's. I mean, McDonald's was a pioneer of gamification with their Monopoly game. Um, so uh, they're looking for these gamifications because they understand how important it is to engage the customer and 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 um, potential customers, uh, especially in a very noisy world where everybody on social media is being bombarded today with so much information and so much data. If you can keep a customer engaged through gamification, or you can keep an employee engaged through gamification over the course of two, three, four days, two weeks, a month, I mean, that's very, very valuable because you're able to, to bring their attention span above the noise and have them focus in on your brand continuously. Mm. I think that's an amazing point. And this is almost, again, a really nice segue into almost the next part. And I want to look at, after we looked at the internal bit, go on to the, the consumer-facing side of it. And I think this is a really nice way of saying, actually, look, some people will say, assume that gamification now is heavily focused on the digital side, which, of course, I think it has incredible um, potential and probably even more so on the digital side, especially for tracking and conversions. But actually, the, the example you mentioned with McDonald's there is actually quite an old example now by by modern marketing standards. But it's one that has been so successful for them. And I've seen so many people, including myself, I was like, shoot, I need to buy a McDonald's so I can make sure I fill up or get a chance to win that prize. And actually, as a physical location-based business where digital may not be your bread and butter it may not be like over 50 percent of your transactional income actually those physical game based uh your gamification on a physical scale that is actually can be really powerful for you to get keep people coming back on a regular basis and more often than they normally would had you not encouraged them with a game yeah i mean that's the whole thing behind behind gamification is it um you know gamification is it's an attention grab 
you know, when, when we built, I mean, that's the secret that they figured out when we built puzzle, which is a gamification platform, uh, that my company built to basically provide, you know, brands with a way to engage their users through, through puzzle building and solving. Um, first of all, it's gamification is, is fun for the user. It's fun for your customer. Um, you know, we see these, you know, apps like, like words with friends, you know, come out and mm. people are playing that, you know, they're addicted to it. Games, the games get addictive. And I think, um, brands are recognizing that there's a, there's a very engaging quality to gamification, uh, through loyalty programs, reward programs. Um, and they're utilizing that to reward their customers, but also trade for data, which is very important. Um, you know, they can use gamification for activations. Uh, they can use gamification to outreach to new customers and new audiences. Um, they can use gamification to pull very important data points out of the game. Mm. You know, does a person play at night? Does a person play in the morning? Are they, you know, more interested in uh, fitness games as opposed to, you know, um, you know, food and food and uh, you know, restaurant culture? So there's there's a lot that can be learned from the game playing itself too, and I think that's why you know, brands find it so important. And then of course, obviously the continual engagement of their, their customers keeps the, the brand on the top of their mind, which is one of the most important things you can do. Um, it's what leads to almost, you know, 75% of conversions today are because you re-engage a customer or you re-engage, you know, a lead or a prospect. Mm. I think that was fascinating there. The amount of different ways in which brands can use games like, like puzzle essentially collect either data different touch points and that's something that maybe a lot of people i don't think necessarily think of it's like okay we're gonna create games and maybe we're gonna get people coming back and maybe capture an email address from something from 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 that individual but actually all these different metrics that you can gather and all this different data you can gather from different types of games as well it doesn't just have to be the same game but different types of games will help you gather different metrics and help you understand your audience more help you build those personas help you to create other bits of content we create new products because you can see what your customers engaging with the type of person they are the type of again another example was the type the times of day that they interact with your brand and i think that's an incredible way of looking at gamification is actually don't limit yourself to just collecting email addresses there's all sorts of different ways and games that which you can use to to grow your business and it doesn't have to be very limited there, are, there if you can think of a game you can pretty much find a way and a reason and justification for doing it yeah if you can create a game task that increases your business's metrics you're you're in a, and that's what we did at Puzzle, um, and that's what we do at my company, Grace Innovation, for uh, other brands. Is we figure out ways to engage their customers. For instance, you just said like email is great, but what else can we do? Like we used to, you know, have people, you know, go on YouTube and watch, you know, the first, you know, thirty-five seconds of a video for a clue. Now you're getting video views, right? Mm. We used to have people uh, visit the website and go on a scavenger hunt for an Easter egg. Now you're getting page views, you're getting time on site. Uh, it's helping search engine optimization. It's driving traffic to the website. Now you can uh, retarget to them, you know, it, once they visited your site. They're, so they're, you're right. There's a lot that you can do, you know, when you start these games. Mm. 
Yeah, I think all those different options, isn't it? Again, almost like gamification. I think people will think of gamification like, okay, we want to engage people, we'll, we'll, we'll create a game. But actually, I think gamification is almost a strategy in itself. Would you agree with that? That game, If you want to go down this gamification route, you've almost got to go all in? Or do you think that brands can sort of dip their toes in the water a little bit? Is it something that brands have really got to invest in? Or does it something that people brands go, oh, we think we should try a game? How, how should brands look and, and businesses look at adopting gamification i think it's it's kind of you, you kind of said it best it's something that you can dip your toes into um you know it's it's also something that i believe right in this moment is not the most necessary thing so it's two two stances like video today is necessary uh if you're trying to market online you're trying to launch a digital marketing campaign or you're trying to do anything with brand building or get your, your business out there, you need video. It's, you know, because the guy next to you, who's your competitor, who has video, is going to see better results than you. And video, you know, it, it's got lower costs online for advertising. There's just a whole bevy of benefits. Gamification right now is a little bit more fringe. So it's the type of thing where um, if you try it and find success, it's great. But people are not beating down the door trying to work in a gamification program into their company yet. So it's, there's a little bit more of a sell in order to get businesses and brands on board with it. But what's nice about it is like what you just said. You can try uh, uh, you know, a game online with your audience and your customers and see how they respond. And you can do it for very low cost. I'm sure you can find an app or a plugin or a platform that will facilitate it for you, like a, some type of software as service. And... You can definitely just kind of test it out, dip your toes in the water, and see if it works with your audience. Most important thing is, does it work with your audience? Hmm. Um, you need to know your audience well. You need to have the insight and the understanding to know that if you launch a game with them or a gamification experience with them, will they will they benefit from it? Will they engage with it? Will you benefit from it? So I think that's important. But the the only way sometimes to tell is is to launch something. You know, is to strategize and create something and launch it. But to answer your question, just come full circle. Uh, I do believe it's something that you can just kind of test out in the beginning and take like a lean approach to. Mm. So is that is that almost the way in which ideas are generated around games? And should, should, do people need to think, I've got a game and say, can I fit that game around the audience that I've got in my business? Or should they look at their business and go, okay, well, this audience may fit this sort of game. Or it's almost like a, a chicken and the egg scenario, I guess, if you will. Is <laughs> what, what comes first, the idea, then the audience, or the audience, then the idea, if that makes sense? Or am I going completely do-lally with this? No, I, th I think you bring up a really good point. I, I think crafting the game around your audience, if you have insight into your audience and you, you've been working with your customers for a long time and you know what they like and you know, you know, you're supposed to know your market. So knowing your market would be the first step to a gamification you know, campaign, then crafting and building a game around your market. Um, for instance, right, let's say you sold uh, comic books, right? Let's just say you were a, a comic book uh, you know, reseller uh, online or something. You know, your audience is probably going to be from the ages of 10 to, you know, early 20s who are, who are your core. And then you have people that are a little older, you know, but 10 to 20 is going to be like a core audience. Now, you should be looking at how do people 10 to 20 consume content today? What are they interested in? Uh, they're interested in micro content, five second, 10 second, 15 second pieces of content. So you should build your game around that because that's when it, that's what's going to keep them interested. You know, not going to a website 
you know, on a scavenger hunt and looking for things and, you know, reading blogs or, you know, engaging that way. You'd really want to be more focused on how they consume content and how they engage with the internet and then build the game around that. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense, isn't it? I think uh, once you once you know your audience, and again, as you said, you should know your audience and it's trying to understand exactly their wants, thoughts and feelings. And maybe you can even come up with a few ideas first. Okay, we we come up with brainstorm or thought show, whatever, whatever the the jargon is for that these days. So I lose track of whatever's politically correct in that term. Um, you come up with a couple of ideas, and then again, you almost like use like a focus group to understand. Okay, if it put it in the in the ideas and in the minds of the audience, and then craft a full game from that. Exactly. Mm. Um, that's the way to increase success. You know. Um, yeah. That's the, the best way to, to increase success. And then look for partners in your space that could get involved as well. You know, if you're, like I said, if you're the comic book store, um, you know, maybe you can find a news and comic book media site that can help as well and get involved in it. Now you have two audiences, two, two kind of platforms uh, working on the same game, non-competing businesses kind of uh, pushing each other and perpetuating this. Yeah, I absolutely love that idea. I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of collaboration and working together i mean collaboration over competition i mean obviously even if you're not necessarily competing being able to create some of those synergies with my inverted commas um is amazing because actually look you can increase the audience you're increasing the value you're getting out the message there that is relevant and across a much larger field but it's relevant and as long as it's relevant when you collaborate with these people you increase your potential exposure with very little risk really on the downside of it i think that's an amazing sort of a bit of advice there that you gave and that's something i'd encourage people to take on wholeheartedly you don't have to necessarily go down this gamification route by yourself because actually look it can take time it doesn't have to i think as we will probably cover in a little bit it doesn't have to take a huge amount of time to build a game or come up with ideas but it also it can take a while so trying to get those collaborations reduces the risk and increases the opportunity it does. It increases your organic um, reach as well. We did a game uh, at Puzzle for a client where we tapped into also culture. Try to tap into culture. And that, what I mean by that is also like look at what's going on in culture, what's happening as far as events, um, occurrences. For instance, when we, when we ran a game, we ran it around um, the Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight uh, last year. And we did a game that like basically was um, targeted and launched in front of people who had an interest in that. And we gave away, um, you know, like in honor of that, we kind of gave away um, prizes and rewards geared towards that demographic of males in their 20s, uh, you know, who have, you know, who are interested in, you know, beard oil and men's grooming products um, or who might have an interest in that. And then we, we themed everything around that event. So it seemed very branded. You could do that with Christmas. You can do that with Halloween. You can do that with, if, you know, if you can do that with a concert, uh, the comic book thing, like let's say that. You could build a, a gamification experience around Comic-Con in San Diego or New York. I mean, that's, the, that's when you start to kind of bring things to the next level mm. and start creating branded gamification experiences where, you know, and then combining, let's say, the digital and the real world is a very interesting thing as well. So you, you might have some tasks that people need to complete at San Diego Comic-Con, and then they need to do a few things online that help like share your business, like tweet out you know, your hashtag or your, you know, your account, 
and then they can you know win prizes based on those activities. So, so that's kind of a fun way and an even more engaging way, um, you know, to kind of add gamification to your arsenal. And then it, it also builds into the realm of experiential marketing. It borders on that a little bit. Yeah. No, I think that's an incredible point, isn't it? It's actually, again, I think we I talked about this, I can't remember exactly which episode, I think a few episodes of this podcast now is looking back and actually jump, not necessarily newsjacking, but actually leveraging the power of events, current news trends, and things that are going on to not necessarily newsjack, but actually and use that as a way to enhance your message and, and create relevancy and create context your messages. Because it is, like you said at the start, it's easy to it's easy to maybe come up with an idea and it's easy to come up with certain things. Well, I mean, easy is a relative term. But actually to raise a standout above all the noise and all the clutter and all the chatter, it can be really difficult. So if you've got those avenues in which you could potentially reach more people because you know people more people, more eyeballs already looking at, say, I don't know, hashtag Super Bowl, and you can really go all in on that, then actually you've got more potential eyeballs than if you went in on, say, I don't know, hashtags uh, and then did something really micro. I mean, I guess it depends on your business, but as long as something's trending and relevant in that industry or that field, then you're likely to pick up more traction. Exactly. And the more partners you can bring into the gamification experience, um, the more events and cultural and life events that you can build the gamification around, the, the more you create opportunities for success. Mm. And I think people are kind of used to that as well. People are used to Black Friday sales. They're used to back to school sales. It's, it's in our culture. It's in our DNA um, that we, we almost expect it. You know, we almost expect something like that. And I think, I think also, you know, there's a, a thing that we're not really touching on too, but nonprofits. You know, nonprofits are always trying to engage people and let people uh, learn about their cause and what they're raising funds for and what they're trying to do. And I think gamification for nonprofits uh, in that sector is just overlooked completely. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a great way to engage people who want to donate, right? So, like, create gamification experiences around the fundraisers, um, create gamification experiences around do- donations and, you know, um, you know, maybe figure out a way within that to reward them, uh, both maybe monetarily, but also with some type of, uh, you know, currency that you can create within that that's important. Um, so I think, I think for nonprofits, gamification could be a very, very big, big, big thing for that whole culture. Mm, I think that's an amazing way. Cause again, as well, charities need to keep people re-engaged and, and try and keep make sure they keep up those monthly subscribers those monthly donations because ultimately that and it's trying to keep people understanding the messages the causes and and why people should keep coming back instead of just setting up and go oh why did i sign up to why did i sign up to this charity and then canceling their their direct debit you want to be able to encourage people to come back and add some more value not just a bit of altruism and, and hoping that oh they their budget's getting a bit tight. They have to cut. They'll cut their direct debit again. It's actually trying to encourage people. No, look, you're also getting some other value from this as well, and that's how you keep people coming back. You keep people not only. It sounds harsh, but people do cut their cut their direct debits off when they get a little bit hard up. So it's trying to keep to keep that level of engagement really high, so people don't do that and they get some value instead of just being altruistic from those charities. Yeah, what you just said is the, is one of the core functions of gamification. Is is you're, you're using your platforms, whether that be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever people are seeing you, 
you run the gamification on those platforms and now you give value to those people for following you. And that's numero uno for digital marketing today is how do we, how do we use our accounts to give value? And mm. with gamification, you add another tool that you can provide value with through emails and whether it's email marketing or social media marketing. Yeah. I think that all makes a huge amount of sense to me. And I think that's, an, I, I think you're 100% right there that it is an area that's overlooked. But I do have one sort of maybe, maybe a concern or maybe something that I can understand a lot of the listeners to this show may be thinking in their head. And it's like, okay, this is, this is great. I can understand that maybe I can create games and I can engage people. Maybe I can collect data. But where do you draw the line and between actually becoming almost like a games company and actually your core business where do brands understand do they do they set up a, a gamification campaign as a one-off do they should they set it up as a a longer term thing how much time and resource because i could see it could be quite easy because because games are fun and interesting that even as a brand you can get really caught up in creating games how do how do brands really balance balance the sort of time and, and effort spent in gamification is it just purely in the roi and whether metrics you set and as long as you're getting the value from there then it's it's okay i think that what you said is a great point but it's the same thing people said about social media uh, and creating content and, and becoming media companies and now you have a company like nike um you know creating you know docu series and creating content and it's the same it's the same wavelength of thinking you have to kind of you have to break that thinking a little bit and say like you know we are a gamification company now you know just the way you're saying we are a media company everybody who's producing content online from reebok to nike to um whatever trader joe's and whole foods and even smaller companies like your local uh you know uh, coffee shop or um you know, fashion, and, you know, brands, they're all becoming media companies. And they were saying the same thing five years ago. Like, do we have to become a media company now? And the answer is yes, <laughs> because that's how marketing is shifting. Marketing is shifting towards the consumer and what they want, not what the companies dictate. The companies don't dictate anything today. It's all about listening to the consumer and the consumer is driving the boat today more than ever before. And the companies that respond to that and the companies that adhere to that and build content and build media and build creative to entertain, inform and educate people are the ones that are winning out there um, because they're not trying to be salesy. They're not trying to you know, beat the door down for a 15% off coupon. They're giving real value to following them on social or engaging with their content. So to answer your question, I think the answer is yes. You almost become a gamification company in a sense that you know, you're going to adopt this, this technology and this media um, the same way we've adopted blogging, the same way we've adopted, you know, making tips and tutorial videos. And, you know, like it's just it's it's a it's a very good thing that you notice there. But if you look back at history, it, it'll just keep repeating. It'll, and the answer will be just the same way we adopted media and companies are now media companies. They'll be gamification companies as well. Michael, if only this was a video podcast, people could see me lying back on my chair, thrusting my fists in the air, because this is exactly what this podcast, and this is exactly the sort of stuff I want to get out of people, because it's understanding that people, when they talk about buzzwords, and we use gamification as our buzzword as the example, is sometimes they will disappear, but then so, most of the time they become part of the general psyche and the way that people 
it just becomes part of marketing email marketing social media marketing content marketing all these different terms then become this is the terms that people sort of almost went no oh, i don't think that will ever become a thing and then, and oh i don't know if i should adapt that adopt that and then it becomes a proper thing later and we look back and you go how did we ever not do this? Or why did we ever think this wasn't going to be a thing? And I, I agree, some businesses, it may not be 100% relevant just now, but it is something that is going to be relevant to pretty much all businesses going forward. And we've highlighted so many examples. And I absolutely love, Michael, that you've brought that up because that is exactly what I want to sort of get out of this podcast is trying to show people that these are... This is the term. This is where we're going to break it down into 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 little segments to say this is how it makes sense and this is why it's potentially going to be so important going forward and actually how if you become a gamification company that's amazing because you guys at Puzzle are doing some amazing things out there and you are pretty much a gamification company and you're leading the charge on this stuff which is why I wanted to get you on the show. <laughs> Definitely. And I think it's just about speaking the truth. You know, that's really what it is. I mean, whether or not people want to hear it or not um, really has nothing to do with us as marketers, right? We just we just respond to the way culture is shifting and you pick up on it or you don't. And you just said it like there's still people today that don't understand that they need to be blogging to increase SEO and to help with their organic SEO and and thus in help and help with their AdWords if they're running things like that. There's still people that don't, they haven't caught on to that. And then even further, there's people that are, they don't understand how important video is to a marketing campaign. So uh, they don't understand how important audio is, how important um, it is to realize that more people today consume audio than ever before because of podcasts and mobile phones. So, and, and the fact that it saves you time. If I can listen to content while I'm working, it's not distracting me and I'm able to still be productive. So um, you said it perfectly, you know, it's, it's, it's not really about what people want. It's what's just going to happen. And we're here, you know, as marketers and business entrepreneurs and technologists to help usher this in and, and help consult with these people who are open to listening to us. And yeah, I mean, I think in 10 years, we're all going to be playing games in VR. Um, and those games, you know, when you're in the game and you're throwing the football, your buddy in the game is going to be wearing a, a Reebok t-shirt. And that's, you know, or, or Reebok's going to be creating these games or Nike's going to be creating games in there. And partnering with electronic arts and partnering with rockstar games and so um i think that's really where the future of that's going and i think yeah i think games and gamification is going to play a major part in all that i mean imagine when in the future your sales team you know the gamification process for your sales team will be in vr you know um i mean that's obviously we're thinking you know way ahead but that's where it's going so um yeah you know or you know, or instead of taking um, instead of taking everybody to a resort, you know, or taking your client to a nice fancy dinner, you guys you guys throw on some VR headsets and and, and hit the tennis ball around. You know, it's just that cr- kind of crazy, wacky thinking that um, it almost sounds science fiction right now, but that that's literally everything that we use today was at one point sounding science fiction. Yeah, every everything has. A time where people were like, this, "Oh, this is a like next generation." I couldn't ever see us getting to this point, and every yeah. step forward, everyone's like amazed at the levels in which we can keep advancing. And I, th- I think it's going to be a fascinating, it's a fascinating time, and I think that's why exactly why I waited to make sure I got on the right person to talk about gamification. So, thanks so much today, Michael. I, I mean, I've had my 
mind blown open and sort of um, open to the possibilities of what gamification can bring to businesses of small, large, and again, like we said like about non-profits as well. I think it's a fascinating time in the industry. So thanks so much for coming on and sharing your, your insights in the industry. Definitely. I, I really appreciate you having me on and I love talking gamification. And um, I think also something very important just to, you know, you had mentioned in the beginning, there's any like buzzwords or any kind of, uh, I guess, um, next steps that you, you think people should be looking at, or I think people should be looking at, definitely look into how gamification will interact with the blockchain. I think that's going to be a big, big, big thing. Mm. Yeah, I think, you just, you, I mean, I didn't even have to answer the que- ask the question anymore now, Mark. You stole my thunder here. <laughs> well, you and I were so close now, <laughs> I was able to read your mind. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. But I think you're right, though, isn't it? Blockchain is uh, again, it's going to be, I think, I think as well, that's another one of those people are like, oh, that's a buzzword for now. But actually, there, there is so many technologies and so much is going to come off the back of blockchain that, again, we're going to look back and go, why do we ever think that this was a term that wasn't going to take off or become part of everyday vocabulary? But um, on the flip side of that, Michael, what are the, what buzzwords are you thinking are you hating right now? What other terms are really grinding your gears and you go, oh, I wish people would stop talking about this or I wish this term had never been invented in the first place? I think I think a big thing that it's not so much terms, it's that people think that certain things are only for like millennials or for the younger people. And I think that that is something that kind of kind of grinds my gears a bit. Um, you know, when you see, like when my dad starts sending me YouTube videos, like you know that like, technology's taken over like my dad is like in his 60s like you know the last piece of technology he he knew very well was a vcr and uh when my dad's sending me like you know conspiracy theory youtube videos which i don't <laughs> watch but um when he's sending those over to me like that's when you know that there, something's happening here and it's not just for the 15 to 35 year olds the 15 to in my opinion 30 year olds or so they drive <laughs> culture but everybody else is affected by it so you know, my mom's on Instagram following my Instagram stories. My dad's sending me conspiracy theory YouTube videos. Um, you know, people are talking about podcasts. They're getting into podcasts. Uh, you know, this stuff is not just for the kids. You know, Snapchat f- uh, 5 to 10 or 15 second uh, consumable content uh, is not just for the kids anymore. Everybody, it, everything is is changing because of mm. the way we're starting to consume and and interact with these devices and it's only going to progress you know and i think that that's just the one thing that bothers me is that everyone thinks it's it's for younger demographics and it's like no like you you want to advertise in a magazine for three thousand dollars with that three thousand dollars i could reach hundreds of thousands of relevant audience members and customers on facebook where the where the way more of their attention is at so i think that would be the one thing then would just be to realize that this is not about the youth. This is not about millennials or any other generation. This is about how there's been a major shift in the way we consume content and entertainment and interact with each other in the last five to 10 years. And it's not going away. You know, it's not, it's not going anywhere. So that's just something I think that um, I would like to just get out there. That's all. Mm, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think all the way back in like episode five now of the podcast, I spoke with a guy called Ash Phillips about exactly that and how it's everyone's talking about these millennials like they're this abnormal or even Gen <laughs> Z. Like they're, they're this weird bunch of people that are, are suddenly yeah. 
it just I don't know they're just like they're like completely different to any other generation in society when no it just it means they adopt things a little bit quicker maybe in some areas but other areas not so it's just it's they are just, it's just people and it's just lazy we just came we just basically on the that whole episode we came out with it's just lazy targeting it's just lazy. We're going to typecast everyone in a 15, 15 year age gap and call them millennials, and they're all exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on today, Michael. It's been an absolute blast, mate. Yeah, man. I had a great time. Thanks for having me.